Touching every 
this prayer of uh, receiving from the Lord. He's here. Just lift up your hands. Just lift up your hands. He is a good Father. He is good to us. Amen. Father, we just thank you for this day. We thank you for what you're doing, Lord, at CFA. Lord, we just want to honor you as a season to remember it's all about Jesus and what you've done and came to this world for us, Lord. You came into this world for us to die on the cross, Lord, to give us salvation, Lord, to freely, to set us free from sin, Lord. And I pray for all those ones who may be struggling right now, who are, they need a touch from you today, Lord, who wanted to be filled, who need to know that you are real, Lord Jesus. Let them know that you are real today. And I pray for those ones who are struggling with, with sickness, Lord. They need a touch of healing at this moment, Lord. There's, there's a lot of things going on right now. We just pray for your hand of mercy upon us, Lord. We pray for the service. We pray for our, our pastor, Lord. We pray for just your hand to be upon us today. In Jesus' name. And everybody says, Amen. 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 At this time, the kids can be dismissed to the children's church area. <laughs> All right, praise God. Isn't God good? Amen. Praise the Lord. What an awesome time to worship Him. Never fails. If we will set our focus on the Lord, if we will set our attention on the Lord, His presence will be with us. He's promised us His presence. Yes. Even when we don't feel it, even yes. when we don't see it, yes. he's working. Yes. He's working. He's working. Praise the Lord. He was working there in my dad. When we didn't know it, we didn't see it, but boom, there it is, the testimony. So praise God. Let me just welcome all of you that are here with us today. If you're here with us for the first time or the first time in a long time, take note of this handout. It's to introduce ourselves to you, CFA folks. Also look at some important announcements that are in there. We're not going to mention them. We're here to worship and share the word. So we trust you to read this or get somebody to read it to you so you know what is going on. But just to highlight a couple of things, the parade for everybody who is involved in the parade this Saturday, we're to meet at Carhartt at noon. Carhartt at noon. Also next Sunday is the deadline. If you are leading a small group in the spring, January through May, if you're going to lead a January through May small group, even if you're currently leading one or if you want to start a new one or if you haven't led one and you want to lead one, let Angie know. Let Angie know this coming week by Sunday if you're going to be leading a small group in the January to May semester and we'll kick off the new year with a great time of new small group. So be sure of those announcements and if you are here again for the first time, the first time in a long time, there is a card in here. You can fill that out, take it to our Welcome Center. We'll give you a gift. It's a way to begin to get acquainted. And uh, CFA folks, also let us know if you have prayer needs on there. We will pray for you. We pray for you every week. And uh, let us know your praise reports and your answers to prayer too so we can share God's goodness. Yes. Praise the Lord. Let's look to the Lord in prayer in just a moment. If you want to pull it up on your apps or open your Bible, I'm going to be in Isaiah chapter 9 and Luke chapter 2 today. Isaiah chapter 9 and Luke chapter 2. So let's look to the Lord. Father, we thank you today for your presence. We thank you today for the reality of your presence. Thank you for sending the Holy Spirit to be with us, to walk with us, to be our guide, to be our comforter, to be our companion, to be our teacher. We pray that the Holy Spirit would teach us today. God, I pray that it would not just be me teaching, but that your Holy Spirit would flow. God, there's folks here today who need peace. There's folks watching online who need peace. And I speak what Jesus spoke. I speak peace yes. to the people of the Lord today. I speak peace to his people. 
and to his saints. Lord, we open our hearts to your word. We ask that you would just burn your word in our hearts and in our minds and let us respond as you would have us to respond today, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Luke, or excuse me, first Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. For a child is born to us, a son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And then Luke chapter 2, verse 1, At that time the Roman Emperor Augustus decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. This was the first census taken when Quirinius was governor of Syria. All returned to their own ancestral towns to register for this census. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home. He traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee. He took with him Mary, to whom he was engaged, who was now expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born. She gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available to them. That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them, Don't be afraid, he said, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem in the city of David, and you will recognize him by this son. You'll find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. Suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying glory to God in highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God has blessed. Peace. That's a joke, right? I mean, that, that's, that's just a joke. Peace on earth, goodwill to men, where in the world is that happening? There certainly seems to be a lack of peace in our own nation today, right? Yes. Our political divisions are as deep as they have ever been. Our political discussions have gone beyond nasty to some on one side actually desiring the utter destruction of those on the other side. Our nation is racially and culturally Divided, it seems like our melting pot stopped melting a long time ago. We are suspicious of one another. Some people despise others simply by the way they look or the color of their skin. Misunderstandings lead to anger, conflict, even killing. We have grown numb and desensitized to the continuous, horrible, reports of killing not only on large scales but small scales we're, we're just desensitized to stories of horror in our own nation every single day we have people at war with our police forces and sometimes our police forces at war with those they are commissioned to protect families continue to war with one another 
couples divorce, kids run away from home. There seems to be no decline whatsoever in the rate of abusive situations in families. So it's a good question. Peace on earth, where is it? Peace on earth, is that a real promise? If we don't experience or see the peace on earth, does that mean this is not true, the Bible's not true? That's evidence that the story is just not true. Is that the case? No. no. So many people live in fear, fear of losing their life, fear of being able to pay the bills, fear of a horrible report from the doctor. Where is this peace that was promised with the coming of Jesus? The world continues to see continual war. We lose soldiers. Soldiers become maimed in places where our leaders tell us that we are not on a combat mission. Acts of terrorism have become accepted as part of our regular experience right here in America. It's no longer limited to Europe or the Middle East. And what about Israel? Israel's always divided. Israel's always at war. There's never any peace. So where is this peace on earth that the angel sang about? Where is this peace on earth that the angel said was coming that night in Bethlehem? I could go on and on and on and on, but you didn't come here to be depressed, so I'll stop. <laughs> you came here to worship. And you came here to hear a message from the Word of God of encouragement and hope. And that is what we find both from the Word and from people who apply God's Word to their lives. You see, there is a tremendous Christmas carol that addresses this question. And, and this is a good message. If, you, if you're struggling with this yourself, or if you have friends or family members or co-workers or fellow students who are saying, it's not true because they said peace on earth and goodwill to men, and it's not happening, and I don't see it, and it never happens, and it never will, so all of this stuff is just not true. Listen to this message today. There's a great Christmas carol that addresses this question of where is the peace. If there's supposed to be peace on earth, where is it? It's not one of the most often sung Christmas carols. But it's one of the best ones, I think. And the story behind it, how it was written, how the author was inspired to write it is, is powerful and encouraging. Henry Wadsworth Longfellow. How many have heard that name? Henry Wadsworth Longfellow, one of America's best-known, most famous poets. He wrote a poem that he might be best known for about the history of our country. And uh, it was something that I, I know I learned and read when I was younger. I don't know if they're still doing that. But, but the poem was entitled, Paul Revere's Ride. Some of you will remember it. This was written by Longfellow. Paul Revere's Ride. Listen, my children, and you shall hear of the midnight ride of Paul Revere. On the 18th of April in 75, hardly a man is now alive who remembers that famous day and year. He said to his friend, if the British march by land or sea from the town tonight, hang a lantern aloft in the belfry arch of the North Church Tower as a signal like one if by land and two if by sea, and I on the opposite shore will be. Ready to ride and spread the alarm through every Middlesex village and farm for the country folk to be up and to arm. I don't, I don't have time to read the rest, but some of you will remember that, especially a couple of those lines. It's a great poem about a great moment in the history of our nation. When I was a child, you know, I might have said something accidentally or humorously in rhyme, and my mother would say to me, you're a poet, and you don't know it, but your feet show it. They're Longfellows. <laughs> Anybody ever heard that little phrase before? Or is that just my mom? My mom used to say that to me. <clears throat> Henry Wadsworth Longfellow was married to a wife that he dearly, dearly loved. 
They had five children. They settled down in Cambridge, Massachusetts. And on the 12th of April in 1861, they were in their 18th year of marriage and the Civil War began. On July 10th of that year, Longfellow's wife Fanny was trimming their daughter Edith's hair. And she decided she wanted to preserve some of the curls, something people used to do, I think, in a book somewhere. Mom still has some of the cuts of my original haircut. So she put them in an envelope and she began to seal the envelope the way they did it in the mid-1800s with a melting bar of sealing wax and a candle. She didn't notice that a few drops of that wax fell on her dress and a gust of wind came through the open window. The hot wax ignited the material of her dress. She was completely engulfed in flames. So to protect her children, she ran as fast as she could into Henry Longfellow's study, running, causing the flames to get even stronger. He grabbed a rug. He frantically tried to put out the flames. Longfellow's face and arms and hands were severely burned. But worse than that, the next morning, Fanny died. Longfellow was too sick from both his burns and his grief to even attend her funeral. And he grew the famous trademark beard. Longfellow had a long beard. He grew his famous trademark beard because of his inability to shave after the burns on his face. And Longfellow kept a journal, and the very first Christmas after Fanny's death, he wrote in his journal, How inexpressibly sad are all the holidays. Some of you may be feeling that yourself. Holidays are a wonderful time of year, but they're a horrible time of year for some people. A year after, the following Christmas, he, he wrote, I can make no record of these days. Better leave them wrapped in silence. Perhaps someday God will give me peace. His journal entry for December 1862 reads, A Merry Christmas, say the children, but that is no more for me. Longfellow's oldest son, Charlie, enlisted in the Union Army without his father's approval. Longfellow was very much against the war. He did not want his children involved in the war, but his son, Charlie, signed up Anyway, in December of 1863, just before Christmas, Longfellow received word that Charlie had been severely wounded. A bullet passed under his shoulder blade, severely injured his spine. And some sources say that Longfellow wrote his poem, Christmas Bells, that year. Other sources say that Christmas of 1863 was totally silent and blank in his journal, but he wrote this poem, the following year, Christmas Day, 1864. Either way, Longfellow had experienced the tragedies of the death of his wife, severe injuries of his son in war, and while the war was still raging, taking hundreds of thousands of lives, leaving more carnage in its wake than at any other time in American history before or since. Horrible. We lost more in that war than we have in all our other wars combined. Longfellow sat down one Christmas day to write his grief and his confusion in a poem. And so he wrote this. He wrote, I heard the bells on Christmas day. Their old familiar carols play. And wild and sweet the words repeat of peace on earth 
goodwill to men. And I thought how as the day had come, the belfries of all Christendom had rolled along the unbroken song of peace on earth, goodwill to men. Till ringing, singing on its way, the world revolved from night to day, a voice, a chime, a chant sublime of peace on earth, goodwill to men. And here's some lines that aren't typically sung in our Christmas carol times of Christmas because it relates directly to what he was experiencing in the Civil War. He wrote, Then from each black accursed mouth the cannon thundered in the south, and with the sound the carols drowned of peace on earth, goodwill to men. It was as if an earthquake rent the hearthstones of a continent and made forlorn the households born of peace on earth, goodwill to men. Some of you have felt this way. The world's been torn apart. Family members have died around the holidays. You might be experiencing the first holiday with an empty place at the table. There's, there's bad memories for some around the holiday. And you just think, how in the world can this be? And can you imagine the war? The war that they were experiencing that had injured his own son and so many were dying from. It was not in some faraway land. It was here in America. Homes were being invaded. Homes were being destroyed. Homes were being burned. Children were being killed. Women were being raped. What's happening in Ukraine today was happening on the streets and towns and villages of America because of the Civil War. We haven't experienced this ever in any of our lifetimes, but that's what they were experiencing. Families and livelihoods were being destroyed. Americans were killing each other. All the horrors of war were right in America's Neighborhoods all over. People didn't know whether the country would survive, north or south. I can't imagine that there was any single family in America that was not somehow adversely affected by the war. And so just a few years after his wife died, Longfellow has a son that's injured and maimed from this horror. So then two or three years later on Christmas Day, all this, the war is still raging. His wife is dead. His son is injured. And on Christmas Day, he hears the bells coming from the churches. He hears the Christmas bells. And he thinks about the meaning of Christmas, but he also thinks about all the pain and all the tragedy that he had experienced. And he wondered, where, where is this peace on earth? Where is it? So he continued to write. And in despair... I bowed my head. There is no peace on earth, I said, for hate is strong and mocks the song of peace on earth, goodwill to men. And isn't the idea of peace on earth being mocked today? Yes. Isn't hatred so strong today? Despair. Think about it. This, this man was a master of words, so he chose his words carefully. And there were days in his journal that were completely empty. And despair means loss of hope. In despair, I bowed my head. I lost hope. Hopelessness. I've given up. This is how Longfellow was feeling on that Christmas day. But as the bells continued to ring, he must have continued to meditate. In spite of the death of his wife, in spite of the injury to his son, in spite of the civil war raging on and destroying so many lives, in spite of the fact that there seemed to be no peace, not anywhere in the country, not anywhere in the world, not in any home, not in any life, not in his life, in spite of his pain and in spite of his despair, he continued to write and he concluded the poem with these words. Then pealed the bells more loud and deep. God is not dead. 
nor doth he sleep. The wrong shall fail. The right prevail with peace on earth. Goodwill to men. I'm glad that you came here today. Amen. I'm glad that you came here today because I'm here to tell you Merry Christmas and I'm here to tell you that Jesus loves you and I'm here to tell you that Jesus loves the world. I'm here to tell you that no matter what is going on in the world today and no matter what is going on in your life today, no matter what pain or confusion or hurt you have experienced, no matter what's going on, the wrong shall fail. The right shall prevail with peace on earth. Good will to me. And if Longfellow wrote it and believed it from his experience, then you can too. You can too. See, Jesus was born to die that we might live. The purpose of his birth was in his death. The purpose of his life was in his death. And the night before Jesus went to that death that he knew he came for, that he knew he was sent for, because you see, the manger became a cross. So the night before Jesus was crucified, you know that he had dinner with his closest followers. I want you to think about this. He knew... He knew that Judas was going to betray him. How, how much was he torn apart by that? One of his closest followers, he knew he was going to be betrayed by one of the ones that he trusted the most. He was going to be turned in. He knew that when he went to the garden, the disciples were going to fall asleep on him. In his greatest time of grief, they wouldn't stand with him. When he asked them more than once to pray with him, they would just fall asleep. He knew that the soldiers were going to come and arrest him. He knew that, that his disciples were just going to flee, going to run away. He was going to be left alone. They weren't even going to stand there with him for all he had been through with them and all he had given them. He knew that Peter was going to deny even knowing who he was. I believe as he sat at that dinner with his followers, he knew that he was going to be blindfolded. They were going to punch him in the face and say, prophesy, which one of us hit you that time? They're going to spit on him. They're going to pull out his beard. Torture. They're going to mock him as king by placing this crown of thorns on his head until the thorns scrape against the skull and the blood runs down and the blood is matting in his hair and the blood is matting in what's left of his beard and he's going to be scourged. That cat of nine tails is going to come down on him again and again and again and again and broken pieces of pottery and stone are going to latch in to his ribs and rip the flesh off of his body and he's going to be beaten literally with an inch of his life. Barely, barely, barely left alive enough to survive the most horrible, torturous execution anybody has ever come up with and that's crucifixion. And Jesus knew all of that was coming. Do you think it was possible that Jesus might have been struggling with peace? Tempted in all ways like we are. And yet, the night before he knew all of that was going to happen, sitting at dinner with his friends, he said in John 14, 27, I am leaving you with a gift. Peace of mind and of heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled. Don't be afraid. You see, you see, this is Jesus' last will and testament. He knows he's about ready to die, so he's, he's setting his house in order, so to speak. His clothes fell to the soldiers at the foot of the cross. His mother, he made sure she would be taken care of by John. 
He committed his soul to his father. His body went to Joseph of Arimathea to be decently buried. But what about his disciples? What, what could he leave these men who had left everything to follow him and deny everything and follow him so closely through the years? What could he leave them? He had nothing of material value, but he left them something infinitely more valuable. He left them his peace. And that peace is still available to his followers today. That peace is available to you today. It's not a peace that you can find in this world. So don't, don't give in to looking around at the lack of peace in this world that we've described and say, well, it can't be true. There is no peace on earth. There is no goodwill to men. Because you see, the peace that Jesus gives, he said it's a peace of mind and a peace of heart. It's a peace that we can have here no matter how much the world outside our heart is lacking peace. So no matter what is going on, and the world doesn't seem to have peace. And the world mocks the song of peace. And the world might say to you, where well, I don't believe this story. I don't believe this Christmas junk because there is no peace on earth. There is no goodwill to men. I can say, yes, there is. The peace is right here. The storm can be swirling around me. The world can be in a mess. People can be dying. People can be killing each other. People can be hating each other. Bad news can come from the doctors. But there's a peace right here that the world can't give. That's the peace on earth. That he wants us to have. That's the peace that is his gift. Other songs have put it this way. The Lord's our rock. In him we hide. He's a shelter in the time of storm. Secure whatever ill betide. He's a shelter in the time of storm. We can be sheltered in the arms of God. Another song says, I feel the touch of hands so kind and tender. They're leading me in paths that I must trod. I'll have no fear for Jesus walks beside me for I'm sheltered in the arms of God. So let the storms rage high, the dark clouds rise. They won't worry me for I'm sheltered safe within the arms of God. He walks with me and none of earth shall harm me for I'm sheltered in the arms of God. Amen. So no matter what peace is lacking in the world, we can have peace in our hearts and lives. Jesus said it's not a peace the world gives. It's not a peace that you're going to find in this world. Philippians chapter 4 verse 7, the apostle Paul said, the peace of God which surpasses all understanding. You see, this message today will be a failure in this sense. I will never be able to describe to you the peace that he's given you. I'll never be able to describe. It passes understanding, but it will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. This peace that I can't describe will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. That's the peace on earth, goodwill to men, that he promised. It came with Jesus. It's provided by Jesus. Nobody can have it without Jesus. And so John 3, 16 says, For this is how God loved the world. This is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only Son. So that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. There is so much in that verse that most of us know and have memorized for years. Most famous verse in the Bible. There's so much in there. You see, it tells us, it tells us that God's love is a spontaneous love. For God so loved. He just, he just loved. He doesn't have to think about it. He just loves you. He doesn't wake up in the morning and watch you wake up in the morning. I wonder if I'm going to love them today. He doesn't look at what you've done and how you failed and how you messed up and the mistakes you've made and say, I'm not going to love you. No, he just loves. It's a spontaneous love. For God so loved. It's also an unbiased love. It's a spontaneous love, but it's also an unbiased, unbiased love. See, he loved the world. 
For God so loved the whole world without prejudice. God loves everybody. God loves everyone. God loves the people who anger you the most. He still loves them. And he wants to love them through us. It's hard. But he loves everybody, no matter who they are, no matter what they're doing, no matter how much they're rejecting him, and even if they don't believe in him. And he loves you right now if you don't believe this Christmas story. If you don't believe in peace on earth and goodwill, he still loves you. It's spontaneous. It's unbiased. You can't get him to stop loving you. And you see, it's unselfish. It's an unselfish love. He gave. And he gave his only son. He didn't give an offering. He didn't give a few minutes of his time. He gave his son. He gave the ultimate sacrifice so you could have the ultimate Life, eternal life. You can have the assurance of eternal life. You don't have to fear death. I got people I love and they're close to me. And some of them, I, I believe they've got faith in Jesus, but there's still an amount of fear of death in them. And I want that to go. I want them to have peace. I want you to have peace. You don't need to fear death. He gave everything so that you could have that. First John 5, 13. I have written this to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. You don't have to say, I, I think I'm going to make it. I, I think so. I mean, I, I've said the words and I've gone to church and I got a little bit involved and I try not to do too much bad stuff. And I think, I'm no, he said these things are written so that you may know. This is written. This is written so that you may know that you know that you know that you know that you have eternal life. And let me tell you something. I haven't been there and I haven't seen it, but I am well assured that the next life's better than this one. That's right. Amen. I'm not saying don't, don't take medicine. I'm not saying don't go to the doctors. I'm not saying don't try to live a healthy life. I do sometimes. <laughs> I try to exercise a little. I try to take the right stuff. I try to eat good sometimes, you know. Folks, when it all comes down to it and we get to this place where the doctor's fixing one thing causes another problem somewhere else and so they give you something to fix this one thing and it causes a problem somewhere else, there's going to come a time where what they fix is going to cause such a problem some something else that they cannot fix at all. But I can tell you, you don't have to fear death because there's something better. That's right. And that's actually what we were prepared for. You see, when the believer leaves this life and goes to the next one, they enter into the original plan. We haven't been in the original plan since Genesis chapter 3. Genesis chapter 1 and 2 was the original plan. Genesis chapter 3 messed that up. As great as your life is, as wonderful as your life is, as great as your parents might be and your brothers and sisters and your children and your grandchildren and, and all the ways God has blessed you with, you are still living the messed up life. Yep. There's people who talk about the blessed life. Yes, we can be blessed, but the bottom line is, according to God's ideal, we're still living the messed up life. But when we go from here to there, we're going to be living the life he originally planned for us. So don't fear it. Don't fear it. See that John 3.16 tells us it's a spontaneous love. He so loved. It's an unbiased love. He loved the world. It's an unselfish love because he gave his one and only son. And it's also a saving love. A saving love. Anybody who believes. That's it. Not climb a ladder of perfection and good works. But anybody who believes will have everlasting life. So don't doubt the peace on earth, goodwill to men's story. Know that the peace on earth is not in the world. It's not a peace the world can give. It's a peace that comes right here in our own hearts and lives. Believe it. Believe the story. Believe Jesus was God Almighty, bigger than all the universes, and he came in the form of man for you so that you can have peace in whatever you're going through right now. Believe it. 
believe that he was God who died on the cross because of your sins, because of my sins, so that I don't have to be punished. I'm in court and I'm on trial and the judge is getting ready to pass the sentence and it might be a sentence of life or it might be a sentence of death, but the father comes along and he says, no, no, Here, here's the deal. You see, the Bible tells us the father's the judge, right? God's the ultimate judge. But it also says Jesus is our advocate with the father, right? Yeah. Isn't this awesome? My lawyer is the son of the judge. <laughs> I think I got a thing. I think I got a thing going on here. For all I've done, for all I've messed up, for all that the judge is right in pronouncing me guilty. The judge's son is my lawyer. And he says, may I approach the bench? And he does. And he says, Dad, I've already taken his punishment. He don't have to be punished. Father says, okay, you're off. My son took your punishment. He's paid your bills. He's paid your sentence. It's over. And all I have to do is believe that. Amen. Yep. Whosoever believes, boom, but just believe, has what kind of life? Everlasting life. He's the resurrection and the life. He that believes in him shall never die. His body might die. This body was never intended to live forever since Genesis chapter 3. But we're going to get, the Bible says, a glorified body. It's going to be changed. It's going to be changed. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the dead in Christ shall rise first, and we shall be changed. Those, we, This mortal must put on immortality. This corruptible must put on incorruption. So when this corruptible puts on incorruption and this mortal puts on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O oh, death, where is your sting? O oh, grave, where is your victory? The sting of death is sin. The strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Eternal life. Just for believing. Amazon doesn't sell me anything just for believing. Walmart doesn't give me anything just for believing. But I get something better than any of them can offer. Just for believing. It's a saving love. His love is the ultimate love. His love gives the ultimate peace. His love gives this elusive peace that the world can't seem to find. So you can find it in your heart. If you're looking around this year going, I don't, I don't know about this. How can it be? Peace on earth, goodwill to men. I don't see it. You can have it in your own heart. You can have it in your own life. No matter what's going on in the world, just believe and receive. And let me tell you, there's going to be storms. There will be storms. You're going to go through hard times, but you have a gift of peace in the midst of the storm. You can have peace in the midst of the storm. So, I heard the bells on Christmas Day. They're old familiar carols play. Wild and sweet the words repeat of peace on earth, goodwill to men. In despair, I bowed my head. There is no peace on earth, I said. For hate is strong and mocks the song of peace on earth, goodwill to men. But then pealed the bells more loud and sweet. God is not dead, nor doth he sleep. The wrong shall fail, the right prevail with peace on earth, goodwill to men. Father, I thank you today for your peace. I thank you today for your gift of peace, peace of mind, peace of heart, 
peace that goes beyond understanding, peace that the world cannot give. Lord, I thank you so much for your peace, for your gift. And I pray, God, that anybody today who has not received this peace will receive your peace today in Jesus' name. Lord, we love you. We worship you. We praise you. Would you stand to your feet together? I want us to take a few moments to respond. And I want to offer prayer if you're struggling with peace today. No matter what situation or circumstances, I want to invite you to come. Our prayer team members are going to come and pray with you. And just pray that the blessing and the peace of God that passes all understanding would come upon you. And I pray, don't hesitate. Don't hesitate. Don't hesitate to receive what God wants to give you today. Whether you are walking with the Lord or not walking with the Lord, He wants to give you peace. If you're not walking with the Lord, you can straighten that out today by believing John 3, 16 and confessing with your mouth, Lord, I'm a sinner and I need you in my life. And I want you to let me know on that card. We, we've gotten reports recently of people who are making that recommitment to the Lord in our services on those cards. So let us know that you're making that commitment or that recommitment so that we can pray with you. But I just want you to step out and come right now. Then we're going to share the Lord's Supper together. Then we're going to pray for the kids uh, and the ministry that we have with the Carl Perkins Center. But just right now, just step forward and come. Come here to the front if you need prayer, if you need peace in your life, if you're struggling. If there's a lack of peace in your life, I want you to step out and come. Come on, don't hesitate. No need to be embarrassed. No need to be embarrassed. God wants to give you peace. Come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. Who else? Come. Others, come. God wants to give you peace today. Come and receive the peace of God that passes all understanding. Thank you, Jesus. There's none like him. There's none like him. He'll, he'll give you your peace. Maybe some of you today, you know some folks that are struggling. And you somehow, some way, you say, God, help me, to, help me to be used of you to bring peace in their lives. Would you come? Let some folks pray with you and pray for those others. There are some people in my life super struggling with peace. And I want, I want to be able to bring them this peace. Use me, Lord, to bring them this peace. You'd come. Who else? Come on. Come on. Let's let God work today. Let's respond to the Lord today. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Prayer team, just begin to come and pray for these that are coming. And if you have any need whatsoever, feel free to come. We want to pray with you. Other members of the prayer team, leaders, come and pray. Thank you. Let's trust God for peace. Let's, let's believe him that peace is going to spread through us. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Church, let's just lift our hands to the Lord and praise him. Let's believe God for these needs that are coming. Thank you, Jesus. He is the, he is the prince of peace. He is the giver of peace. He gives the peace that passes all understanding. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. Hallelujah. Jesus, there's none like you. There's none like you. Anyone else come? Anyone else come? The peace, the peace, the peace is available. Lord, bring your peace. Bring your peace, God. Let us be spreaders of peace, God. Let us be givers of peace, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, we love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. Come on, let's let the Lord work among us here today. Let's let the Lord work among us here today. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You are worthy. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. You are worthy, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.
received from the Lord. But I also passed on to you. The night Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread and blessed it and broke it and said, Take eat, this is my body which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. And in the same manner, he took the cup. He said, This cup is a new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And the Apostle Paul said, So let a man examine himself. So let us just take some time before we partake of this bread that represents to us the body of Jesus, taking Jesus into us, his blood, his healing, his life, his forgiveness, his grace. Just take a few moments right now. Examine yourself. Offer yourself up to the Lord right now. Ask him to reveal any sins in your life that need confession and confess them to the Lord and ask for his forgiveness. Any sin, every sin, anything that might be displeasing. Father, reveal to us, reveal to us, we pray, where we have failed you, where we have fallen short. Let the Holy Spirit speak to you right now and lay it before the Lord. Say, Jesus, take it. I ask you for forgiveness, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.
next generation. Lord, we're sowing these seeds by faith. Lord, sending them as a gift of love. Sending them, God, asking that each child would receive this gift from you, Lord. That it would be, would be a gift that they say, oh my God, I am loved. God loves me. I pray they would remember for their whole life that you're the best gift. Lord, we also ask for their healing. We ask for their deliverance. God, we pray that the pain, the trauma that they've been through, Lord, that you would heal them, that you would completely restore them, that you would bring complete life to them because like Pastor said, you came, you were born to die so we could live. So God, let these children live. Let them take these gifts. Be blessed. Have joy. Have fun. Lord, bring bring joy into their hearts. Bring life into their hearts as they open and unwrap these. We pray this in the mighty name of Jesus. And I pray a special blessing on Joyce, Lord, who had a heart to initiate this and start this. And I thank you for each one who's been so generous. Bless them in, in return, Lord. We love you. And we honor you. We pray for a Merry Christmas for each one. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 God bless you. Have an awesome day.